This is Rugger Matrix America. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix America, episode 37, ARC Review. Lots of analysis on the ARC and picking the team to go to Europe. More on that in show 37. Yes, hello and welcome to episode 37 of Rugger Matrix America, your best opportunity to get inside the minds of the people in American rugby. And one of those great minds is that of Bruce McLean. Hello, Bruce. Happy to be on. Uh, interesting interesting in that we, we, we haven't booked a guest this week as Eddie O'Sullivan is going to come on next week after he makes selections for the fall tour. And then he will discuss the ARC and the fall tour. So it should be quite an interesting show next week. And we'll have our uh, our speculations to make people mad this week. <laughs> well, uh, let's see if this guy can get a few people fired up. Chiming in from the West Coast and not Seattle. We've uh, been quite offensive when we say Seattle, Bruce. We have to say Olympia, Washington State. And uh, chiming on in is none other than our man Alex Goff. From RugbyMag.com. That's right, all the way from the massive uh, metropolis of Olympia, <laughs> Washington. Uh, you know, sitting up here with all the the Greek gods eating grapes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, things pretty good here. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm actually very excited to pontificate about uh, the the Eagles and the the, the ARC because. Uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun to predict stuff. Every single time you predict about the AC, you predict we're going to lose. <laughs> and it absolutely infuriates my team. I'm like, guys, why do you care? But it's <laughs> crazy. All right, all right. Hold on, Bruce. Well, Alex, firstly, let's just wrap it up. Um, what are your thoughts of the uh, ARC? And um, are you disappointed? What's your summation? Well, I, I, I started thinking about this uh, kind of not really all uh, you know really fired up and interested about it because it, you know Ed Sullivan going into this uh, tournament said he was going to be using it as a as a selection vehicle as a way to test players so they weren't going I mean he said you know we'd like to win but winning was secondary so at that point considering how the the USA team had not done particularly well last year uh, you know you're, you're thinking well it's it's it, we're going to throw some people to the wolves we're going to watch them get pounded and and out of that, we're hopefully going to find a couple of people who didn't get pounded too badly. So to, to start with, for them to go in there and actually beat Tonga A, and, and I think people have to realize that Tonga A the week before had played as Tonga, as the Tongan test side, against Chile and beaten them. So Tonga already had a game under their belt. We're already working well together. And I realized it was 20 to 15. It wasn't a big blowout. That's fine. But they won a game. They won a game. They went in there, and then, then they played the Jaguars, and they lost. But they competed pretty hard, especially in the second half. It was very close to the second half uh, when, when O'Sullivan made a bunch of changes. He, he tried out some people in the first half. I don't think they necessarily worked out too well. And then, then in the, uh, the game against Canada, everybody wants them to win against Canada. I want them to win against Canada. Uh, that's the big rivalry. And it was 6-6 until there was about 10, 15 minutes to go in the game. Um, and then they gave up a try, and then they had to push it gave up a couple of penalties. So not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination, really. I think you, know, you, you, you look at it, these are domestic-based players. Uh, the, the, the 
there are about 15 to, to 18 players overseas, uh, depending on how you, you measure it. Um, the, the, most of these guys have not been playing together. A bunch of these guys are out of season completely. So for them to go down there and really be in all the games and win one of them, I come out of that saying, you know, that's, that's really not bad at all. Bruce? Um, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say, said it was a selection vehicle or whatever. Every single time you put on a United States jersey, every single time you put on a jersey of whatever team that you're playing for, your goal is to win. Because you're trying to do things within a team concept to show that you belong in a team. They're not just going out there playing willy-nilly and playing one-off rugby and, and isolating themselves. They're trying to become a team and learn our systems, our way of doing things in the United States. So that to me... I, I since Tonga played Chile and won by a by a, a small margin of two points, I expected the United States to beat them because that said to me the team that went down there was had enough battle hardened guys that should have been able to beat Chile. Um, he played what I would consider the weaker team against the Jaguars and. I guess, you know, you find out who you are or you try to try to go two and one in the competition. You know, in hindsight, would he have rather have tested his guys against the Jaguars to see? I, I, I would have rather have seen him play a strongest team as possible against the Jaguars to see where we stand, to see where we're at. Because Tongo only lost to the Jaguars by, I think, uh, I, it, was, it was a few points. It, w- it was actually a pretty close it was, game. It was, it was 28-80. Uh, it's 28-20, yeah. So yeah, short, so it was, it, was pretty, it was a pretty close game. And then losing to Canada uh, 17 to 6, I, well, as, as, as the articles have said, there were a couple of discipline issues. I, I think that part of the thing that we got out of it, and one of the things that I said, I spoke to Eddie today about being on the show next week, is one of the things we're going to discuss is that conditions played a role in our inability to, to generate a lot of offense. And I said, you know, I'm going to ask you about that next week because going down to New Zealand, we're playing in Taranaki, which is going to be kind of like Ireland on steroids. So it's going to be windy. It's going to be rainy and we're going to have to deal with it. So if it's going (laughs) to be windy and it's going to be rainy and we're going to have to deal with it, that's what we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to be able to play those conditions and based on, on the performance against Canada, although it wasn't a full test team that we had, nor was was the Canadian team, we had a relatively strong team out there, and I think that we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do that. Well, I think think that's a good point about the conditions, because a lot of the Canadian guys playing domestically, they're playing in in British Columbia, so they're used and the guys who are are, are playing in the United States, a lot of them aren't playing in in those poor uh, that poor uh, uh, conditions, poor weather, uh, you know, especially if they're playing in, in Colorado or they're playing in uh, in California. But I think the the point you make, uh, Bruce, and I, I I can't disagree with you about you know putting your best team up against Argentina. It just seems to me like every time the United States goes into a tournament, they 
they sort of they, they do that thing where they say, you know what, we're going to test a few guys. Well, we'll throw them in against the, the game that, you know, we're not going to say publicly that we're going to lose it, but we know we're going to lose it. So we've seen it a lot of times where the USA gets blown out, say in the old Pan Am tournament, they get blown out. But you see that all the all the guys who never get to play, play in the game against Argentina uh, so that they can save their best players to play against Canada and Uruguay, stuff like that. And, and Al Caravelli in the sevens said he stopped doing that because he used to do that. He used to put his test, the guys who didn't play much, he used to play them against Fiji and watch them lose by 50. And now he doesn't do that at all because he feels that the message he was sending was, you guys are never going to win. And now he wants to send the message, I'm putting our best team up against Fiji or New Zealand because I think you can beat them. Well, I, and I, I'm not. I, I'm certainly not going to speculate on on old old tournaments back in the '90s, but and and how they selected then. I I will say that I, I think that they. What happens is the United States has a lot of games that are bunched together, in and you're playing a game, then you're playing four days or five days later, and you're playing four or five days later. And and you you are gonna have to manage that process, and that happens in the Churchill Cup. That happens in the um, that happened in this in this tournament and in the ARC, and it has happened in the NA Foreign and the and the ARC in the past. So th- that being said, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna sit there and I would just say that it you know as a player you want to play against the best guys, and you want your best team to put their best foot forward in in the most challenging circumstances but i also understand that at some point you have to deliver some victories and at some point you have to rest your players uh, unfortunately argentina fell in the middle this time and being that tonga had only beaten uh, had only uh, had only beaten fiji as chile by two points you kind of got to look at that as an opportunity and strike and pounce on that and then obviously Canada, I mean, they are our northern neighbor, and, and, and that's where we measure ourselves currently. And, and it's sad, but it's, what, it's where we're at, and, and that's the way it is. So you want to beat them. So I guess in this circumstance, Argentina is the one you had to do it. It's a, it's a throwaway game. I, I, would rather, yeah. I would rather we start to measure ourselves against the Jaguars or Argentina in general than against Canada. And I think Canada would rather measure themselves against Argentina than against us. So I think that both of us and all three of us really got to find a way to to make that work where we... Ali needed Frazier. You need somebody to play. And I think that the reason the Southern Hemisphere is so strong is that those three countries play each other all the time. And they play each other in, in, in Super 14 rugby... And they play each other in the Tri-Nations. And they know each other, and they challenge each other, and they make each other step up to the plate and bring the noise, and they don't allow people to stand still. You have to continually progress to move forward. And their rugby has progressed, much more so than what we're seeing in other places. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they they, uh, playing – Playing Canada, the the result that they had there is is the same result that's been there for forever. It's it's a relatively close game for the most part. Canada wins them. Uh, Canada was won what two third two thirds of the games between USA and Canada. 
but I, I don't think it should be accepted. Recently, that's been different. Under O'Sullivan, it's been different. Under under the people before, it was like, you know, they didn't seem to care. But uh, you know, between between Billups and O'Sullivan, it didn't seem like it. It they they cared too much about that game, and the USA got blown out. So I think that I think that Billups' teams against Canada haven't been haven't been bad. Thorburn's teams got annihilated, and and yeah. that was that was due to the fact that Canada had put together a strong team and Thorburn was still feeling out what what they were doing. They also played up at the Rock, which is windy and rainy and, and Americans don't play well in that because we have no kicking game or or a limited kicking game. And then you know, and and under Johnson, I think they had one bad game and one, and one that was relatively close. And I think, you know, but I you know, I I think the Billups took it took it as, you know, having been a former player that was meaningful to him. I'm not sure the exact results. I didn't know we were going to go there with all this. I oh, I, 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 I can tell them to you, but you know, you, you basically got it right. Yeah. And, and then I would, uh, and then I think now that, and, and the players themselves want to beat Canada. The, I mean, the players themselves want to beat everybody. And I, and when you look down and you say, yeah, they're domestically based players, but a lot of them are very good. And, you know, obviously there's, there'd be some players that, you would have on any team, like say a Troy Bartley, that is working, and and you know that's the way that they've chosen. Then it's that's the, the the path he chose in life. So there's there's people who maybe could have been on these teams that that weren't. I, I definitely would have. I mean, I don't know if he's available. I would have expected say a Mose Timoteo on the team um, when you know when Danny Laps got hurt. Uh, they brought in Bachoven, which you know, obviously, coming off an injury, you, you know, you would, <clears throat> you would respect that. But you know, Bachoven's moved around from wing to flanker, and Danny was playing seven. I probably would have thought about bringing James Denise from the AC as as a uh, as a player. He's very similar to Danny in that he could jump in the line out, lift in the line out, hits every ruck, makes his tackles. You know, I would have I would have considered him. I think he's at that level. I did. You know, so th- those types of things. But I again, I understand Bakoven brings X factor that maybe Denise doesn't bring to the table, and and you know X factor does matter in international rugby. Bakoven's also yeah. bigger than Denise, and that does matter yeah. too. I mean, Jane, you it, know, it, there, it, there's certain things who there's certain guys who are very very effective club players that their size, speed, and strength don't necessarily translate into the international game. But no. well, th- and, and, th- that's and James may be one of those guys, but but I'm I'm kind of a buyer on Denise. I think I would have liked to have seen them grab him for that. Yes. Well, I, I think you know, bringing up individual players, I'm interested in how uh, how O'Sullivan used some of these guys, and you know, throwing the guys in against the Jaguars, and, and he wants to get somebody who's an athlete and see see what he can do. So he, you know, in the front row, he had Tala Sarah, who's a football player from Hawaii. And Ross Silverman, who's uh, a guy from UC Santa Barbara, who went to the IRANS Academy, and he started them at uh, at prop against the Jaguars, and and the Jaguars led thirty nothing at halftime, and right on halftime, O'Sullivan yanks both of those guys, and he puts in Phil Teal, and he puts in Eric Fry, and Teal and Fry had already played eighty minutes against Tonga, and they go and play. 80 minutes against Canada 
at in the next game. And uh, you know, I I asked uh, Eddie, you know, does anybody look good? And he said, yeah, there are a few guys didn't do themselves any any harm at all. Something you know, typical Irish uh, backdoor compliment, you know. Uh, and and you look at the numbers, and number one that that jumps out at me is that these guys, you know, he he pretty much felt uh, the message I see is that it, that Asera and Silverman weren't there yet because he he immediately put Teal in there and he's got he had Teal playing uh, loose head prop instead of at hooker uh, and the another guy that he used a lot that we hadn't seen and it's one of your guys is Brian Doyle and I, I love Doyle I think he's great and I think I think he had a bad camp that you'd know more about it than I would Bruce but I think he had a bad camp at one point didn't get picked, but he may have done himself some help uh, uh, along the way uh, in this tournament. I, I, I think you're being tough on O'Sullivan there, and 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 I and, and what, I, what? I understand why. I I guess I'm just saying I'm 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 just I think you're being tough on him. Look about I, what? First off, I'm, uh, I I think you I actually <laughs> also think you're being tough on the team, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you're saying throwing them in, throwing them in. These players are not thrown in. These players, it, the, the selection process, agree or disagree with it or agree or disagree with who's selected, the selection process is actually relatively rigorous. And they do look to identify the talented players from throughout the country. And Ross Silverman is a young prop, untested, but that doesn't mean he's not capable it it just means he's young and he's no. untested, and 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 then the guy from Hawaii, you know, he's a big body who's very athletic, and it's a person that they wanted to use. Now, I'm not saying that I would definitely pick those guys. I don't know. I'm not at practice and I'm not in involved in the selection process and all that kind of stuff. But I never would say thrown in about a player. Well, who's, well, well, who's I, I would. But you're, you are throwing them in. If if you're throwing I, no, someone in the deep end, you're picking them up and you're throwing them in the deep end. You're actually making. He makes the decision to do that, and he makes the decision to play them against the Jaguars. I, I, he made right. that. He uh, made that know, decision to do that. We're that's okay. I, you know what? I would want to be selected at any time I can get selected. It, you know, yeah. but I, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. On we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. People who are selected to play and represent the country in my mind have have been vetted whether or not it all works out and it doesn't always work out in every case and i did not see the games because they weren't streamed <clears throat> but you know i'll go through you know phil teal phil teal had played tighthead he, he's an he's, he's a very good hooker i respect him immensely biller is a hooker teal is a guy who can play prop and hooker he prefers to right. play loosehead fry was a six and a and a four and and he was converted to tight head prop so he he's a project as well. Teal at loose head prop is a pro- project. You know, uh, Papora is a loose head tight head. He's a bigger guy. Um, you know, possibly a little bit. You know, m- maybe maybe a little bit out of shape. But but Mike Mike Tolkien told me he's very good. Um, and he really likes him. And uh, you know, I maybe they felt that with Samu Manoa and Brian Doyle behind. In the Canada game, that with Samu and and Brian behind them, and and Danahy and and Hawkins and and Johnson, that's it's a pretty big pack. That's huge. And, yeah. you know, relative relative to people, I mean, Doyle's all a six 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 seven, and Samu's all a six 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 seven. 
Um, you know, Fry's probably all a six three and a half, six four, and you know, Danahy, Danahy's all of six four. Uh, Hawkins probably six two, but he's a thicker six two, and Johnson's probably six two and a half, six three, but a, a relatively thick. You know, I, I would I look at that team, and you know, I, like I said, I'm not looking at saying guys are just chucked in. I mean, Tom Catsby played. Well, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> You're you're yeah. you're you're Go you're ahead. picking apart what I'm saying here, right? But I'm not picking uh, apart. By, no, no. By by saying thrown in, I did not mean to say that they hadn't thought about it. But I'm saying that they're put in there. They're 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 selected in a very difficult situation. You took Talisera. No matter what you do with Talisera, you're throwing him in the deep end because he has. He's just been playing in the shallows. Hawaii, you know, it's, I, I I'm pro Hawaiian rugby, but you know he he hasn't played against anybody. He knows that Silverman really hasn't played against anybody. He knows that too. You've got to you, you've got to throw them in. This compared to someone like Samu Manoa who, while he hasn't played internationally, has been in the Super League a long time and, is, and has been playing against international guys for a long time. He's not thrown in the same way. That, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm trying to read into what, he's, what uh, Eddie did in terms of, of how much time he gave to guys. And he didn't give a lot of time to Acera, and he gave a ton of time to Teal, and he gave a ton of time to Fry. And I, I, Eric Fry was turned into a prop at Cal, and then... You know, he, he didn't really want to play prop, as I understand. He was told, if you want to be a, an international, you're going to have to be an international at prop. And he ends up then going back to being a flanker lock. But he comes in, he plays, he plays tight head, and O'Sullivan puts him in at tight head for about 200 minutes that week, which tells me O'Sullivan liked what he saw, at least better than he saw from anyone else in that position, which I think is impressive for Fry, who's an incredibly intelligent guy who works in, enormously hard. And I would think that if, if anybody could get up to speed in anything, it would be Eric Fry. And I think Manoa and I think Doyle also got a lot of time. And I think Catsby didn't get a lot of time. Uh, and, and read into that what we want. I read into it that they were more impressive. Well... Catch Catsby is a is an is a first class athlete. Uh, I think I think you're you're probably reading into that a, a bit more than than should be. Look, and, and it, maybe a Sarah and Silverman, when they got their opportunity, didn't perform to the level that perhaps they wanted them to. And and but they got their opportunity. And when they when they were brought down there, it was stated everybody will play. Yeah, and they did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And everybody got their opportunity and and that's and that's how it went went down. And now Samu Manoa, one one of the interesting things about him is like I, I remember saying after the national final this year, I said to Mike, I said, dude, I don't know what the hell you gotta do to get that guy on that team or get him on a plane to get to wherever he's supposed to go. You have to get him. I was like, You need him. He is a force. He is somebody who needs to be on the team. He can play four. He could play five. He could play eight. He could probably play six. So he is um, a massive choice. Now I've spoken to Doyle about this, and he, you know he talks to me about you know where where do I see him going? <clears throat> and I've said, Bry, the problem is this. I said that as a second row, and he's a second row specialist. He really doesn't right. play six or eight. 
So and so he he doesn't and he and we're gonna work with him on it, but but he does he hasn't played six or eight much and 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 really so it's not his thing. So when when you're playing second row when you're a second row specialist, essentially you have to start. You have to be yeah. the starter, or one of the starters has to be a really good six, has to be able to fill in in the back row. Because you're you're gonna have say say you have a four three split in your subs because you need a scrum half and a fly half cover and then a utility back, and then you need you need your two front row covers and then you need you need two guys to cover the back five. So generally, what they do is they pick guys like Louis Stanfill. If say Louis was a bench player, which he isn't, but say he was, Louis is an ideal bench player because he could play four five six and eight. Great bench yep. player. Samu is an ideal bench player. He plays four, five, six, and eight. They both jump. They both lift. Doyle jumps. Doyle lifts. Doyle catches kick. He does all those things, but Doyle does it from the second row position exclusively. So in selecting, so, so Doyle, you'd, you'd have to move. You'd have to move Hayden to six if you brought him on. You'd have to, like well, you said, you'd Hayden, have to Hayden, have... Hayden or Hayden or Vander or I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in order for Brian to be selected for the Eagles, as even if he performed incredibly well down here at the ARC, and I, I think he did all right. I'm not sh- sure of exactly how he did, but like I, I spoke to him over over the course of the the tournament, but just more and more in, in friendship terms than anything. The the um I you know, and I've I've said this to Brian. So this is nothing. I'm not. This is this. I'm not just the. Is that it's very difficult for them to select him for the Eagles, even if he gets on the 30-man roster. In order for him to get on a 22-man game day roster, he essentially has to be the starter. Because yeah. of what I just said, and how they do, how most teams now they may take a specialist second row. He may go with a five-two split, you know. But I'm just saying that the team that they have, as it lays out, like. You know, guys like Louie can go into the second row. So having back row cover and who could jump, they, they generally would be the guys that they pick. Also, those types of guys, like guys like Hawkins or Bachhoven or whatever, or Danny Laps, they provide an X factor that maybe other players don't provide. Uh, getting to Katsvi, Katsvi is a very tall guy. Yeah, he is. Believe me. Yeah. You, you Basketball can, player. Yeah, you'll but you'll, uh, know, I, I look, you'll know. Just, you know, say, saying somebody didn't play well doesn't necessarily mean that they're written off. It just means, you know, who 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 jumped up and said, yeah, you know, put put me on the November tour list, and and you know, I I look at that and I think, you know, maybe Fry did, maybe you know, I really do think Manoa did, and I think Doyle might have, uh, but I think you're right. You're right. He, he, Doyle Doyle on that tour squad. Basically, he plays probably if someone like Vandergeesen gets hurt, not you know, not over him. Uh, you know, he could also, uh, he could also I, play. He could he could also play in the event that they start him. Brian Doyle is good. he's a really good player. He's just oh, he's as great. good as anybody. It it you know he, every player has their issues, and and I you know obviously I, I coach Brian, so I know him more closely than anybody else. I know him, so I understand. I know his strengths and weaknesses more than maybe I know the strengths and weaknesses of other players on the Eagles because I, I coach Brian all the time. But that's why I say it's very difficult to say how I would select or what wh- where you would pick. I because I'm not at practice. 
I will tell you, you go to practice and you see it's clear. Selections take care of themselves. There are very few questions when you get to practice. That's the way I look. Yep. Like I, I, I've seen a lot of teams practice, and then you realize, why does this guy start? It's pretty effing clear. He starts because he's the best guy. And on an international side, the A side and the B side are almost as clearly defined as they are on a club side. You, yep. you, 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 see, you could see it clear as day. I remember when Simon Hardy showed me a bunch of, of uh, about 20 hours of tape from England training prior to the World Cup in 03. You know why the guys who started started. It was not even close. Yeah, you it know, literally- that, that happens a lot when, when I'm reporting on a team and, and if I'm able to see them even do like their pregame warm-ups. And, you know, if I'm doing a webcast or something, I, I, I watch a team on the warm-ups. I start writing down numbers. And then, then I might go over to the coach and say, tell me who to look for. And they, it's almost always the numbers that I've written down. You see it, 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 takes, you, it takes you five minutes in a pregame warm-up to see who are the, who are the good players. You're like a soothsayer. You should, you should, you should, you should <laughs> help me. I can't pick a damn Heineken Cup or an international match correctly. Well, Bronk on the fair, other hand, Bronk on the other hand is like he's like, he is a soothsayer until the last Tri Nations match <laughs> when he, his sooth when his sooth was no longer said properly. Well, <laughs> I was letting you uh, chaps go there, but uh, I wanted to make a quick comment. Kieran Crowley said that uh, he thought. The ARC was very necessary, I think the quote, um, and even to the fact that he'd like to see it next year. Uh, both of you, uh, is it an invaluable part for the Americas? Well, I, I think it is. I think that pretty much every coach we've had since uh, since I've been covering American rugby has said that the jump between uh, club rugby or Super League rugby up to international is is enormous. And even... Even with something in the middle, the jump is is enormous. But they've got to have something in the middle. And they tried it with the NA4. Um, That was screwed up on a number of levels. Uh, Trying it with the ARC, I think, is great. I I, I personally would like to see more teams. I I wish there was money and and you know the the funding behind it so we could we could have the united states send two teams to this and canada send two teams and you could pick you'd have 40 or so guys that you were able to 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 say this is what it's kind of what it's like and they go in and they get shocked and they you know i and really i don't actually care if they lose all the games if they learn something from it but i think it i think kieran crowley is, is right he's got all these domestic guys who a lot of them haven't played international rugby of any kind, except or maybe they played age grade. And they've got to give them something, some kind of uh, taste of what it is like to, to play on an international stage and get, their, and, and get knocked down two or three or four or 50 times. It's hard. Uh, I, I think that the NA4 wasn't better than the Super League, and that was a lot of the problem. And 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 then... You know, I I wouldn't like to see it be I wouldn't like to see it be two teams from Canada and two teams from America, right right yet because I I don't think that these teams were fully complete teams that you would you would say <clears throat> I don't think either the Canadians or the Americans had a team out there that had that was fully complete and you felt like you could you left a bunch of guys home that could have created another 
really studded out team. I think that these teams had holes, significant holes, <clears throat> and especially in the front row. And well, okay, you, but but if you if you had a million dollars, if you had a million dollars to pay some, to pay forty guys twenty grand each, to go down yeah. there, would would you? <clears throat> Would we? Would we? I, have I certainly, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't be paying them twenty grand each to go down there. I may pay them twenty grand each to do something for six months, but I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, okay. they'd have to do a lot yeah. more. They'd have to do a lot more for twenty grand and go down, go down to uh, to Argentina for a couple of weeks. Oh um, sure, sure. But no, no, it, now this is this I'm is what this is something that I this is something that 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 I would like to see. Is in the event we have an ARC as it is, and and say it go say say it becomes a month long event or whatever it is. Whatever, anytime you can get guys training a lot together, they're going to get better. So that that's a positive. In, instead of seeing like a, it's already a second tier of international rugby players. I would like to see maybe uh, an under twenties ARC. Um, and then a high school American ARC or a high school schoolboy ARC, possibly a university level ARC, those types of things. Uh, maybe not the university level because not every country plays along those lines, but everybody does have an under-20s program. So maybe an under-20s ARC coupled with a high school, a schoolboys ARC, everybody does have a schoolboys system and a schoolboys setup. I think that that would work, and I think that if they did it ac- across that, you know, you, you get a bit of games, people get to, to train and, and see how the senior teams train and how the senior teams play, and, and they have something to look up to, and even if they're looking up to the Jaguars or their own team or whatever, I think that that could create a little bit of a synergy and, and a you little know, bit you, of something going. That would, that would that. be something I would do instead of getting another – team of men's level players that are full of holes. Like, I just don't, you know, like, yeah, like I yeah, said, I don't know. like, like I look at a guy like Mealy Pulu, who I love and I think is a great player who's playing wing. It leads me to believe that there was a hole on the wing. Yes. Like that, that's true. It doesn't, that doesn't lead me to believe that the centers were great. It leads me to believe <laughs> that there was a hole on the wing. Yeah. You yeah, know, I'm just, you know, and I'm, I would, I would love that. And I think about the, the point of, when was the last time, if ever, that the USA under-20 or under-19 team trained with the national team? And how great would that be for them to have something together where they would, they would work together? Well, I, I, think that, I think that you know some of these things are, are pie-in-the-sky dreams, and, and, but it, w- without having a dream or a vision, very little ever gets accomplished. I, you know, probably when Bronk was a kid, they never thought that there would be uh, a Tri Nations event as it was. Um, you know, and and when some of the, some of the other younger English kids probably never would have considered a time when they would have Italy in the Six Nations. Very few people on planet Earth would have expected that Argentina would be number three in the Rugby World Cup. So there are a lot of things that that have that that happened in rugby and it is a wonderful game because of that. But I, I, I think that our answer more than worrying about the senior level is actually really trying. And obviously worrying about the senior level is important. I'm not, I'm not, but 
I think that we have to also focus heavily, heavily on the development level. And that's where we get the bang for a buck. Now, on top of this, I'm going to – I have more to say. I'm not one of those people who believes – we keep on, on, on doing things for World Cup cycles. We're not going to win the World Cup. We're not going to win this one, and we're not going to win the next one. So I think that we treat every single time that we pull on the USA jersey as a special event, a special one-off event that is in and of itself very valuable. If we, can, if we keep on going and worrying about the World Cup, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, you don't worry about things that you can't win. What you worry about is improvement, develop, get your, you know, play games, go for scalps, do, and then there's going to come a time when there's going to be a confidence level, there's going to be a base, there's going to be enough to be able to say, now we can win. This but guy's, until uh, that Bruce, time, that, that is exactly what I'm talking about with Australia v New Zealand. New Zealand, of course, uh, copper ribbing over the fact that they've only won one World Cup, and those the first that was the first one in the amateur days. But what they do is they win around 80% of their matches plus, and they build a winning culture. So the odds are they will win another World Cup and probably the next one. But uh, what Australia is going through is this fascination with the four-year cycle, and in the meantime, the game dies off. That's a big risk. Yeah, it, what, you're, what you're saying is that it's okay to lose. What someone who's focusing on the on the four-year cycle is is sometimes saying when that when they're saying, well, we're we're thinking about World Cup. We're only thinking about World Cup. Is they're 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 backhandedly saying it's okay for us to lose now. And I think both of you guys are saying, well, there's nothing wrong. We're trying to win right now. Correct. And I think that you know in the in the November tour, the USA number one thing that they should be thinking about is winning those games regardless of anything else, they should be thinking about winning. Correct. I, I think I think that when O'Sullivan comes on, I, I think that in the November tour that will be that will be the focus. Now I I haven't spoken to him about that, but I would venture to say that that will be the focus. Because now, uh, Bruce, what I, happens now, one is of, one of the, the other big things events that, one of the, other... the big events end up passing into history. So you've got to keep winning. <laughs> you've got to keep winning or at least try to win every game. I totally agree with you. And, 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 and one of the things that really drives me crazy is when I hear someone say he's 26 years old, he's too old. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> he's 26 years old. He has not even hit his prime yet. Frank Bunce really came into his own in his late 20s. So uh, there's a lot of great players who come into their own at, at a different stage of their life. And just because you started fast doesn't mean you're going to go the furthest. A lot of times people look look at Danny Cipriani. You know, I mean, Johnny Wilkinson foolishly said that he was going to be the next big thing for England just this week. But, um, you know, that I, I think that if, if you're good enough, you're not too old. If you're good enough, you're old enough. That's the way I look at it. If a guy's 18 years old, he's good enough, play him. If a guy's 38 years old, he's still the best, play him. Agreed. Knock, rip yeah, that jersey hey, off his back. I want to I jump in on, you know, you say rip the jersey off his back. I uh, play a game with you, Bruce. Here, I, I've got a. Uh, I want to pick the the starting lineup to play Portugal, and I want to see if you have the same lineup that I have. 
and and I you know I, I'm interested because I I actually don't know really I, I'm really not sold on on some of these things. So I you know if I'm looking at the lineup for the USA to go play Portugal, mm-hmm. and and I you know first of all front row I don't know who's going to be at loose head. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be Biller at at at, uh, at, at Hooker and Sean Pittman at tight head because um, Sean Pittman's been playing more than Will Johnson. Um, I think that at uh, at lock, uh, you, pretty much you're going to see Smith and Vandergeesen at lock. But at six, I have no idea. I mean, it could be Stanfield, it could be Lavala, it could be Danahy, uh, it could be uh, Guyano. Um, at, at seven, it's probably going to be Clever. At eight, it's probably going to be Johnson. And then half is probably going to be um, Petri, but I'm I'm not sure. I don't I I don't know what's going on there with uh, Timusa seems to be hurt. Robbie Shaw is just coming back from injury. Shalom Suniolo is playing a lot in ARC. Does that I don't know what that means. Um, I I don't see anybody other than Nessie Malifa being at fly half, and then y- your back line. Um, I you know I, I've got a problem with inside center, and I've had a problem for a while. So I I don't have anybody there except, and then uh, Paul Emmerich on the outside. Swearin and Nguenya. Uh, Nguenya scored two tries this weekend. Clever scored three, by the way, this weekend. And uh, and Chris Wilds at, at fullback. So I'm looking at that, and I'm saying big question mark at, at loose head. I see a question mark at six, and I see a question mark at 12. That I, I haven't, We haven't found anybody that makes me happy. So I'll leave it up to you. You tell me that I'm full of it. I mean... <clears throat> You're you're speculating on on who they're going to select. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kinda, well, I, 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 I yeah. I don't um, I don't know. I don't know because there's couple couple injury couple injury things that need to be need to be ironed out. Um, where I would where I would kind of be, I would look at probably Mate at Loosehead, um, and I would. <laughs> Beg Troy Bartley to play tight head, but uh, pro- probably oh, will on. be. <laughs> oh come on, what? Troy Bartley's still the well, best. Ain't even close. Yes, ain't yes. even close. You know, no, Tr- close. Troy Bartley is a wonderful human it being is, and, is, and a great player. Not but... even close. Not even close. Um, but the, the, so yeah, they're, they're probably. I, I don't know if Johnson's healthy, so I, I would imagine that they're going to play Pittman, um, Biller, and Teal. I. Really, it's going to depend on who's throwing well. Uh, you, yeah. you would, you would, you would, Vandergeesen and Smith being in the second row probably relatively safe assumption, provided that I, I Smith was hurt. I, I believe he's back. He, he um, played, he played six. This I, yeah, six. I would almost certainly be. Uh, I would almost certainly be playing Stanfield after how he played against France. Um, at at seven, I would certainly play clever. Although I would not be afraid to play clever at eight. And yeah. and then the you know the, you still have the wild card of you know Nick Johnson captain this tour again. I don't know how he went at the back at the back of the scrum. Uh, he's a good player. He's he, he's he's capable that, but he doesn't have a lot of X factor either. So, but he does catch his high balls. He, he does a lot of he does a lot of things that eights do well. Like he could catch, he could he could counter, he could do things. But clever could also do that, and and probably to a little bit better effect. Uh, Louis also could wind up at eight. Samu could wind up at six. 
you know, they, they, um, possibly Vandergeesen can wind up at six. Samuel can wind up in the second row. Uh, you know, I would definitely start Petri at scrum half. Um, I don't know who played better down in uh, down in down at the USA Selects and SA or or Volney. I would, I would Nessie probably. Nessie got a lot more minutes. That was the only thing I'm yeah. pointing at is Nessie got. So then, then, then the prob- probably would, the probably would uh, select Nessie. Then, then you look, obviously, you, you'd look at Naguanya on one wing. You could look at Emmerich on the other wing and put Swearing in the midfield. Or you could put Swearing on the wing where he's been playing, put Emmerich in the midfield. You have Junior Sifa. You have Troy Hall, who's as good as anybody, and you got Wiles at fullback. Um, so the problem with that team is that their goal kicking is a bit suspect. Yeah. And their kicking game will rely a lot on their ability to generate go forward ball so that they can kick. And I think that they're going to have to play a game where they don't necessarily kick a lot and they're going to have to run the ball a lot. But having having guys like Mate and 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 uh, and and Teal and and Biller and Pitt. and possibly Pitt, no Pittman's Pittman's very athletic. But if they had Johnson or something there, they they could be a bit a bit heavy leg to be running the ball over the field. I mean, obviously, I forgot Scott Lavala. So you know, uh, in making those in making those choices are very difficult. And everybody brings a different element to the game. So you have to look. Can we dominate them up front with a lesser team but get aerial superiority in the line out? Or can we cope with them and get 50-50 up front and get aerial superiority, win our restarts, and really run them off the park? So it really a lot of it depends on the matchups. I, I think that the game that I would be looking for as the test – to where is America would be would be twofold. I, I I would expect that we beat Portugal. I yes. would expect that we uh, I would I, I would hope that we beat Russia or Georgia, whoever we're playing. Um, Georgia. But we're gonna have to play Georgia on their ground. And a lot of the guys playing France and they're big guys, so, so that's gonna that's gonna be a, a test of our, our, our ability up front. But we might be able to run them off a little bit. And we'll have to deal with the kicking game and the lousy weather. It's the Scotland Day game, to me, that is the one that, that, that is going to say a lot about the team. And the other thing is, if we, if we look at that Saracens game, how are they going to play that Saracens game? That, that could be a game where, you know, obviously Saracens probably won't play it at, at full, full metal jacket. And so that would be an opportunity for our guys to go out there and, and get some of the players a game that possibly weren't going to get a lot of minutes. And, you know, and I, and I, and like I said, I'm, I, I, I'm not, I didn't pick that. I, you know, I kind of thought about different things, but as I said, I haven't seen the guys play. I don't know how healthy everyone is. I don't know how fit everyone is. And it's very difficult to speculate. I would speculate in terms, I would speculate in terms of, you're going to play the overseas guys. You, you, so you, you got to play, Pet, you know, you're going to have Petri, you're going to have Hayden, you're going to have Van de Giesen, you're going to have Louie, you're going to have Clever, you're going to have Emmerich, you're going to have Wiles, you're going to have Z. 
So and and you're gonna have and you're gonna have swearing. So you have and 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 Seif is overseas. See, Mike told me Seif is very very. Good. He said he's very very good. Really really likes him. Yeah, I, you know and, I I I like Seif. My 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 question with him right now is is how much is he playing because he just signed with Nottingham and I haven't seen him uh, in rosters at all. I do like him a lot. Um, but, you know, everyone has their personal preference on a 12, whether you want a guy who, who busts through the line or if you want uh, more of a second 5-8, right? And, uh, and Sifa is actually kind of both because he's smallish, but he's powerfully built and he does break through tackles and he's very shifty. So I, I, I like him a lot. But then I sometimes you look at uh, Alapate Tuilavuka and you say, gee, you know, the guy, oh, wouldn't it be great to just to have him there and, and run over people? Well, we just, we just don't seem to be able to produce the guy who runs over people. So, you know, I, I like Sifa, but I don't know, I don't know how, how game fit he is. So then do you do you put him in there, or do you go with Andrew Suniola, who I'm not a big fan of? Or, uh... Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Suniola is, is 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 a big guy who who possibly has an opportunity to get, to get a look overseas. They they've been working on that, and and some of the guys you mentioned is a couple of injury situations there, and 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 you know, like I said, there's a lot of injury things going on. Danny Laps came back with a knee problem, so there's a couple things. There's a couple of really Tremendous players. I mean, my wild card is would always be James Denise, um, but you know, I, I don't I don't anticipate them uh, them following my well, my advice okay. with that. Uh, on James now, Denise. Now I, I want to say I want to uh, say I want to say one thing to you before we get. Although Junior Seif is not playing a lot of rugby, and, and I'm not saying who is and who isn't because I don't follow that as much as you do. <clears throat> they're playing rugby every day. And as I stated in my article, yeah. and as we, we've decided, we've discussed with James Aldridge, that in America, then I, like, you know, Petrie's frustrated. He hasn't been getting a lot of playing time over at Sale and stuff. And, and you know, I, I don't think that it, a lot of the other guys are getting a ton of playing time. And as I said to Mike, hey, bro, it's way better than being here. Because if you were here, you'd be out of practice with Jugdish Muhammad in Sydney doing nothing and not getting any better. At least over there, you're practicing six days a week and playing in a B game, you know. So it's giving you something that's fifty and, times better than what they're doing here. That's true, and and you know that actually the 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 B game league in the Premiership is not bad. They actually they actually have a real league and they play games these not the way they used to. But the the question I have about Denise is again, it's it's my own prejudices about the game. Do we have a do we have a true number seven? Because it just seems like we're throwing it. I mean, I've I've seen uh, I've seen Haw- I mean, Hawkins. I don't think of as a as a number seven. I think of him as an eight and a six and maybe a, maybe a five. But uh, you know, and clever. I don't even think of as a true number seven. Usually, everywhere these guys go, they're put in at six and eight. And do we have the kind of seven who is a uh, you know the guy who gets around the field really quick? He's not necessarily huge, but he he steals ball and he makes tackles and he's everywhere. I just I don't I don't see that guy in the USA makeup whatsoever. So I maybe maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm old fashioned because that's the way they used to be and now we should go much more for size and we just have three number eights in the back there. Uh every everybody plays it differently. I, I think that that um look I like I said, I love Denise because he hits rocks. And he hits rocks when he's supposed to. He wins line outs, he pushes in the scrum. I mean that 
those are doesn't push in the scrum as much as I'd like him to, but he pushes in the scrum a lot for a flanker. <laughs> um, but you know, like that to me is like he's the consummate number seven as far as as far as an American seven would go. Uh, you know, but then again, does he translate into an international player? That that part I don't know, and 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 and. But he's he's a tough guy. He hit trucks. He moves he moves piles and and guys on my team love him. I and mean, Petri loves him. I mean they well, love you know, him. I think I think about like, I, I remember uh, coming out of the national final last year, and guys are like you won the game because James Denise and Frank Sharp don't care about anything but clearing rucks and making tackles. It's yeah, almost like right. they don't ever care about the ball. And I said, yeah. You know, the two of our tries were scored by one by James Denise and one by Frank Sharp. And, you know, but nobody even remembered that they scored. It was the everything else they did. And that's, that's the thing is a player, a player like that and, and is, you know, I, I, you know, what is the ultimate seven? It's kind of a mix between Denise and Sharp. And, and, and unfortunately, neither one of them have that. And, and, and and possibly a little bit of Hawkins thrown in there. You do need X factor in seven, and and I, and interesting. I, th- I think we need speed. We need I love, speed. I, well, clever ain't nobody faster than clever. Well, yeah. Clever's a clever. Yeah. I I mean, hey, I love clever at seven. I'm just saying, if he was playing eight or six, because Denise is not here, I and mean, he ain't clever. I mean, yeah. You know, we we you know, if anyone thinks I'm saying that, I'm not. I'm not. So you know, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a freaking idiot. I, uh, you know, so that is, you know, and, and I think that provided see how Danny Lapp's fitness is, hey, and I don't know how Bachoven played, you know, Bachoven has a size and athleticism to him. This is, these are definitely interesting times, and I don't know really what's coming up through the ranks. I would, you know, I, I mean, the college All-Americans... Well, you know the the, the it, thing about it, that. It, let me let me let me answer that. Is that is that every every game I talk to someone in a college game, and I say, all right, who played well for you? And they almost always pick their eight or seven. And and you look at the, the number of open side flankers that I hear about is is so huge that I think we should be awash in number sevens. Just you know, just willy nilly poaching and running and tackling all over the place. And then, I, I, then at some point they stop, and it may be the the last guy that I think of is a pure number seven, the guy who just, like you said, hit rocks, did the most amount of work, but really didn't worry about run, running with the ball, but learned about steal, learned about stealing it, and make tackles. Was Tony Petrozella, and Tony Petrozella was outstanding, but then he got hurt, and then uh, uh, Peter Thorburn came in. Peter Thorburn didn't want him. Peter Thorburn wanted somebody else, and 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 that and that was pretty much it. But they used the last guy. But the college game produces these guys all the time, and I think the next one to talk about is probably Roland Evans from Arkansas State. The question is, is that what the national team coach wants? Uh, and I and I think that Eddie O'Sullivan tends to lead lean. If he's got a choice between size and speed, he's probably going to lean towards size. 
Yeah, well, and 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 sometimes you have to lean towards size because our speed, when you take speed, is not going to be faster than the other guy. So you may as well be able to go through him if you can't go around them. Sure. So if you select the guy based on speed and then you can't get around the guy that you're marking and he doesn't have the physicality and you got a real problem. So uh, I, I don't know that the college game is, is really providing a bunch of sevens. Um, some of them are probably and eights. Some of those guys are probably props and hookers that, um, you know, are good enough athletes to convince their coach that not, they don't they don't want to play in the front row. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little bit, you know, I'm John not tarp off. Yeah, not being. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm uh, like th- those those types of things. <clears throat> those types of things do happen where you go and you see a guy who is this. Um, you know, he's been touted as this unbelievable seven. And and also, your selection really depends on your game plan and how everybody interacts with each other. So, you know, like looking looking at selecting, like if I, I'm looking at this team that, that the U.S. can put out there. And so I look at the back three and I say, our back three is capable of playing with anybody in the Northern Hemisphere. That we have guys who start, and perform and produce at the top level of club rugby in the Northern Hemisphere on top teams. Yeah. So they're no producers on those teams, which says to me, okay, they're going to produce. We have to find a way to get them to produce. Emmerich is a producer, and Hayden Smith has been a, a bit of a producer, and, and Vandergeesen, uh, I think, will be a producer for Bath. Uh, my 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 gut feeling is that they will rehire him, and you know after his three month tenure is up. So we have to find people. Okay, the back three is going to produce. So we're going to kick the ball and we're going to use it. Well, we have to find people who could support that, who could finish it, who could also penetrate the midfield, give us the hard yards to allow us to strike with our wingers and fullback. And, Do and, we, are we and smack up, turn it over. Well, are we going to smack up the midfield, play a double fly half? I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I talk in terms of positives, um, and I don't worry about. I'm not. I'm not worried about what we're not going to do. I'm more worried about what we're going to do. And so, like in selecting the team, you want to make sure that you have a forward pack, especially a back row, that is capable of trucking along the field and getting out there and supporting those guys and being ready for offloads or when they go into the midfield being ready to feed those guys with offloads as they come on gamble lines. So I think that having balance in the back row in terms of defense and attack is critical. And I think that well, having balance that, that, center. Now, one of the things that we will have but, with Malifa, with Petri, um, actually all the scrum halves that we have, and, and Malifa and Volney, is that we'll have a 10 who threatens the line. And by having a ten that threatens the line, and having a ten that is willing to take a, and willing to have a go and capable of making a half break, that's going to give us a lot more options, and that's going to allow us to play. Now the thing is, are we going to be capable of of playing a brand of rugby where we can play from our own end a little bit and give ourselves time to get these guys into the game? That's going to take a level of fitness a level of commitment and a lot of games under your belt to be able to confidently go through 
you know, can, are you willing to play from your own 30 yard line, go through two or three phases, get, get through to 45 and then really try to break one. And then are you going to have the legs to finish it when you get that break? Well, that, like, then the, there's the there's the value of the ARC, and there's the value of the the game against the Saracens to get them playing as much as possible. I mean, I th- I think in the I think in the back row they do actually they do have a lot of good options, not just Clever and Johnson, and you know you say Stanfield, Scotty Lavala, who's been playing extremely well, and and Pat Danahy, who's also uh, you know a great talent. And the thing is that uh, Johnson had a pinch, but Stanfield and Lavala, like you said, are tweeners. They can. They can play in both the back and the middle and and, and the second row, but I, you know, I, you say you think in terms of positives. Well, I'll think in terms of a not negative. I really, all of this stuff, it works fine, as long as you don't turn the ball over. And when when we've seen the USA put two or three or maybe you know four phases together, but then they turn the ball over, they knock it on, things like that. I'd like to see them work that out against Saracens, so it's not an issue. So you know, Malifa makes a half break. But they win that ball and they get get it back out again. Uh, you know, I'd like to see them do that, and I and that's the thing for a lot of fans is to watch it to say they know that there are guys who can play, and they know that it, you know if they could just get the ball to Benya in a little bit of space, hey, something's going to happen. But but you know, a, a, a crucial pass gets dropped, and it's always well they haven't been playing together, which is true, and they haven't been playing together again, which is also true. But hopefully they can somehow squeeze it all in because it's all been, you know, O'Sullivan's been working with them. All right, uh, I'm going to have to jump in there. Time is running away from us. We can talk about the team in depth uh, with Eddie O'Sullivan next week uh, because he is the man himself. Uh, actually, uh, the discussion on seven has inspired me to make it the in-depth analysis subject for the international show because the seven jersey isn't the same at the elite level as it used to be a couple of years ago. You're no longer an elite fetcher of the ball, and that's seen players like Phil Waugh uh, go by the wayside in terms of Australian selection, and someone like Richie McCaw reinvent himself, and you see South Africa sometimes picking three number eight. So it's definitely an interesting question, and uh, thanks for the inspiration, guys. Now, uh, before we go back to Bruce, Alex, a quick thought on sevens. Well, not only sevens, but 15s, and it's not to be forgotten about the uh, USA Sevens in Las Vegas, that there is a tournament that leads up to that tournament, and it's called the Las Vegas Invitational, and it'll be the the, uh, the 10th and the 11th of February in Las Vegas. It's right on the fields next to Sam Boyd Stadium, and that's where players can go in and they can play rugby leading up to going to see the the sevens the usa sevens in vegas it's really really fun uh there are 15 so you do 15s challenge matches like uh we we we've been seeing some great college matches go up against each other but i also watched uh provo just uh take an ohio select side to town last year which was really fun to watch the, we watched the um la ea women's uh, team from Hawaii come in and play, and they were playing great. That was really exciting to watch. So they've got a there's going to be a, an elite international sevens uh, championship with some teams like Russia and Mexico and Jamaica. Uh, you know, if you're coaching the Pacific Coast or the or the Northeast sevens team, maybe you go in and, and you play that. They've got a, a, a club sevens championship, and then they also have these challenge matches with 15. So um, LVI Rugby dot com or check out you sevens but that's that's a really 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 exciting tournament they've already got over 50 teams going there and it's it's one of those things right in the middle of february if you want to get jazzed about playing 
uh, rugby again after a long winter, that's a great place to go. And as we always say, Bruce, you got to be there. Yeah, USA Sevens, you got to be there. Actually, was uh, I was there last year, and I saw San Diego State and Cal. I saw Utah play a Canadian side. It wasn't UBC. It was UVic. UVic. And, UVic yeah. Yep. And then uh, BYU. Uh, BYU played. It, it was. It was good. It was. It was a lot of fun, and then uh, the AC participated poorly in the uh, Invitational Sevens. But the champions, the championship game is actually played during the during a break in the Sevens uh, in Sam Boyd Stadium. It's pretty nice. It's it's a worthwhile event, and I would suggest to anybody to uh, to go there. All right, Bruce. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always. And thanks for your candor, Alex. Thank you. US Rugby, rugbymag.com. That's the place to go. All right, that is episode 37 of Rugger Matrix America. We'll speak to you next week and good luck. Bruce.